from high atop his mountain of index cards and tournament brackets, this is The Joy of Booking, a fantasy booking podcast. Here's your host, DC Matthews. Welcome back to The Joy of Booking. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I hope you are well. I hope those you love are doing well. Uh, I apparently took a week off. You know, when you've got shows that you're booking ahead, uh, things happen. And, uh, you know, you know things happen. What, do you, what are you going to do? Things happen. And um, I'll tell you this, friends. Um, I started doing Corona Cups, a.k.a. the Tournament of Nerdiness, in about, well, no, it, Spring of 2020, maybe spring to early summer 2020. It was, we were in the middle of a pandemic. We couldn't leave the house. We're washing our groceries. Um, and I and I regressed back to doing something that I had done as a kid. I think many of us did. Um, we had more free time than we had ever had since we were children. And so we found ourselves doing things that we did. Uh, when we were children, and in my case, uh, that was making lists of wrestlers and having myself a tournament. And for almost three calendar years, over who knows how many actual seasons, uh, we did that. We did cruiserweights, hosses, tag teams, singles. We had lethal lotteries in there. We had some little like mini tournaments. We did a greatestest Royal Rumble. Um. And I think it was, as much as I love the greatestest Royal Rumble, and I would submit the ending of that <clears throat> particular season, uh, I would hold that up there with not only any of my work, but potentially any work done in the kind of fantasy wrestling venue uh, anywhere. Not that I'm very familiar with it, I'm just assuming. Uh, I thought that was great. But the nature of that particular season, the amount of work that went into that season, the amount of mental gymnastics to figure things out, uh, it, it, it sort of broke my brain a little bit. And I, for the first time, sort of lost my interest in the solo podcast um, venue. I have Battle of the Brandons with Brandon Banks, and I am enjoying that, and that is continuing. But outside of that, I was sort of like, I, I don't necessarily want to do anything else. I had an idea for something, um, and I started it, and I didn't like it, and I stopped. And I was just like, you know what, maybe it's time to take a break. Uh, maybe it's time to just do Battle of the Brandons and, you know, and, and, and take a little break. Um, and so I, at one point was like, well, I do post the joy of booking twice a week. Let me move, uh, a Battle of the Brandon around to get that twice a week thing. And then as it turned out, proceeded to forget to fix anything else. And so we were missed a week. So when I logged in, 
to my podcast feed to sort of check in. Um, we've had one listen in the last seven days, which makes total sense. There really wasn't another podcast. Um, I'm not going to apologize for that. That actually probably worked out better um, that it, that we took a little bit of a break. Um, nobody mentioned it. So certainly it wasn't a big deal for any of you. Um, spit on the computer screen. I'm still battling a bit of a cold. Uh, and I'll tell you this. I'm currently in my bed recording a podcast. This is bedcast. I'm not in a pod. I'm not even in a chair. This is, I'm, I'm sitting. I am sitting. I am more vertical than I am horizontal, but I am on my bed right now. This is like one of those, remember in the 90s when Sunny did those like interview shows and she was in a bed? <sighs> I was so infatuated as a kid. Um, and so I was a little lost. Let's get back on track. I was a little lost. And I started thinking about the things that I enjoyed. And I was thinking of all of these little things. And, you know, I miss brackets. I haven't done brackets in a while. Um, between the happening and all of that, we weren't doing brackets. Uh, that's one of the things I enjoy, our act the actual physical act of making brackets and doing that. Um, and I, I missed some other things as well. And so what I'm going to start doing, because this is my show, and it doesn't have to fit necessarily into any specific sort of box. Yes, it's called the joy of booking. But of those three words, the two most important ones are joy and booking. So as long as I am honoring one of those two words, I'm okay. So what I'm going to do, at least for now, is I am going to split up my Monday episodes, my non-Battle of the Brandon episodes. Um, they're going to be split up into four segments and I'm going to give myself approximately 15 minutes or so uh, per segment. Um, which means that our, you know, the shows will go under an hour. Because remember, I was doing two, two and a half hour episodes, which was probably part of the reason my brain broke. Um, and it's going to keep me doing different things. Each segment's going to be different, um, which I think will be fun. There will be some booking um, there'll be some wrestling. Uh, there'll be something that one of you has been begging for for a very long time. And I know you have a general idea of what's coming, Mr. Banks. Um, so, you know, I'm going to try to keep myself to those 15 minutes. I'll set a timer if I need to. Uh, but I'm going to have fun podcasting, which I think is, is what matters is that we're having fun. So this first segment uh, is sort of your, your general, your introduction, your current events. Um, so the first 15 minutes is just going to be us chatting and me sort of, you know, just, just talking about whatever's on my mind um, when I record. And then we'll get into the other segments. Um, so, you know, what's been on my mind is this. Like, for the last two days, I've been excited to podcast and putting things together and, and making sort of little plans in my head. Uh, I spent, you know, about a month 
which for me seemed like a long time. A month is not that long of a time. But, you know, I finished the Rumble shows before the Rumble, obviously. Um, and then from that moment on, I was sort of kind of just done. Um, so what have I been doing, you may ask? Well, I've been playing Skyrim again because it's the greatest video game um, that I've played. And, you know, I've, cr uh, I've been playing that and I've got a system and there's some randomness in there um, where I'm, you know, sort of randomly doing things. There's a, a website which will give you a random, um, I don't know what it's actually called. Uh, it's a it's a Skyrim and all Elder Scrolls sort of Wikipedia page, and it'll give you a random page from the Skyrim video game, and that sort of plays into it. I'm also trying to kill every non-essential uh, NPC. They should all be non-essential, and I've gotten mods, but they don't work. Um, so I'm you know I'm having fun with that. Uh, I've been watching Departy. I've been re-watching Departy. I've been re-listening to Penn Sunday School from the pandemic era, uh, which has been interesting to hear them talk about, uh, you know, life back then and reminiscing on what my life was like back then. And then I actually started listening just before the pandemic and some of the things they're talking about, not knowing that three weeks later we'd all be stuck in our homes is very interesting. Um... So I've been finding, you know, time. There was a long period of time where uh, I was, I was thinking, why should, I, why would I spend a lot of time watching content when I could be producing content? And I think a lot of us get into that habit where we're like, we could be making stuff. And I think we have to remember that we need to make sure there is time in our lives um, to to consume stuff. And I do think it actually helps and makes your life better as a um, as a content producer and creator. You have to consume stuff. Um, and Penn of Penn Sunday School, Penn Gillette, one half of Penn and Teller, um, atheist. But, you know, he lost a bunch of weight. He's a you know a, a one of the great speakers I think of our time. Um, you know, he talks about how. You know, he was writing a detective novel, so he spent all of his time reading detective novels. And I have a relative who is an author, and she says similar things. If you're going to write a young adult fantasy book, you need to read all manner of young adult fantasy books. I don't know that I agree with that, um, especially as a podcast producer. Um, I think if I spent my time listening to wrestling podcasts, I'd probably jump out a window, uh, with the exception being the New Age Insiders, if they ever record again, and the Piece of Business podcast in whatever form uh, that takes going forward. Um, I don't want to listen to that, because I feel like if you do that, you wind up becoming that, which, which to me seems like a mistake. Um, yes, you might learn what not to do, but I think just the nature of humanity is we tend to, uh, copy or ape, um, the, the things that we see around us. If I spend a lot of time watching a bit of Fry and Laurie, I'm talking and thinking, uh, with a British accent, 
probably again I just maybe that's just the way my mind works maybe you're different I can only speak from my own experience but I find that to be an issue um so I've been doing all sorts of things and of course trying to find the joy in each and every one of them um so now would be the time when I would be thinking about naturally transitioning to the second part of this kind of four-part show that I that I was referencing earlier, except I recorded five or six minutes of it, and it's not ready yet. So let me tell you what I'm going to do eventually, and then I'm going to give myself the grace to actually take the time to figure it out, not on the air. Some things are fine to figure out on the air, some things are not. And I think in this case, this idea would be better to figure out the logistics off the air and then proceed. So, um, oh, I'm so silly. Of course, in saying that, I may have just figured out the logistics. So I have a trio's group. I was going to do a trios gauntlet match. And because it's me and I can't do anything small, it was going to be a trios gauntlet match with 99 teams in a gauntlet style format. And I tried it and I didn't like it. There was a whole element. Brandon Banks came up with some great sort of elements to it. Dice were involved, which I always enjoy. Um, but I didn't like it. I liked his idea, my execution of the idea, not so excellent. I'm sorry, Brett. And I have missed brackets. So the problem I found when I was recording just a few minutes ago is I have 99 teams. 99 is not a perfect bracket number. 62 or 64 is a perfect bracket number. 128 is a perfect bracket number. So I was saying to myself, self, I either need to eliminate 30-some-odd teams or add 30-some-odd teams. And both of those seemed uh, difficult. And so I was going to stop and think about it off the air um, and figure it out and then come back next time and do it. And as I'm sitting here talking to you, all of a sudden I went, wait a second. 64 is not a perfect bracket number. 128, not a perfect bracket number. 32 is a perfect bracket number. And if 32 is a perfect bracket number, that means three of those brackets, 32 plus 32 plus 32, well, that's 96. I have 99 teams. So now I only have to eliminate three because I could do three sets of brackets, bracket A, bracket B, bracket C, and then the winners will do a round-robin-style happening sort of thing, but only with three teams, which will make it much easier. Now, that makes sense. That could work. So now I'm looking at this, and I have to figure out, okay, I need to get rid of three of these teams, not 30, three. Um... And that's a little easier to do because some of these teams are, I don't want to read all the teams to you. That's not respectful of your time. And also it'll spoil it because I want it to be a surprise to you. 
and also a little bit to me because I did this a month ago and I forget what I had for breakfast. That's not true. Glazed donut. We splurged. We went out. And by we, I meant I. Went out to Dunkin', got a donut. It was delicious. Uh, so I'm going to get rid of three of these teams. Uh, the first team I'm going to get rid of, I apologize again to all of my Japanese wrestling fans. Uh, I love you. I appreciate you. It is my own fault that I am not as uh, knowledgeable about Japanese wrestling. I had a team called Chaos Then and Now, um, which had Yano, which is really the only reason I wanted to have it. It had Ishii, and it then had Akata, but I don't. I'm not well-versed in Okada, and I don't particularly like Okada. So I looked up Chaos and found out that once upon a time, Masato Tanaka was in Chaos. I don't need this team. They're out. Um, let's see. Where else here? Uh, I do like that one. There are so, so there are some teams that currently exist. Death Triangle is in this tournament. Obviously, that's a trios team that exists. But there are also trios that I created. Um, some of them are an amalgamation of two existing teams. So there's a team called America's Beer Money. And that's America's Most Wanted, James Storm and Chris Harris, and Beer Money with Bobby Roode. So you've got Bobby Roode, Chris Harris, James Storm, America's Beer Money. Taking two teams that have a common partner, putting them together, natural pairing. Uh, some of them are teams that exist um, spiritually is the wrong word. Culturally might also be the wrong word. Uh, the Bone Street Crew, which is Taker's sort of um, group collection gang, call them what you will, um, but they were never really on stage together as the Bone Street Crew, but that's what they called themselves. They had tattoos. Like, so that's Taker and Kama and Yokozuna. I picked my three favorites of that group. I could have put a Godwin in there, I suppose. Um, and then, of course, you have, there are some, I won't spoil it, but there are some where it is the same person three times under three different gimmicks. That is reserved for just a couple of people. Um, and then there are some for other reasons. So here's a team that we can probably get rid of. I'm just scrolling here to see if there are others that might be better deleted. No, I think so. Uh, I'm going to get rid of this team. I like the team, but it's, it's, it pales in comparison to the others. Uh, the team is called Don't Grab the Mic, dot, 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 please. Um, and that team is Sid, the Ultimate Warrior, and Matt Hardy because none of them are great promos. We don't need that team. That team is gone. Uh, so now I have one more team I need to get rid of here. Uh, some of them are mixed gender. The Holly family is here. Crash, Bob, and Molly. Um, some of them are, again... <laughs> oh, I like... That one's kind of dumb, but I also like it. But that might... I could get rid of that one. That will be the one I get rid of if I can't find it. Oh, maybe I'll get rid of that one. So I could probably have gotten rid of more teams than I wanted to, but that's okay. Uh, I am going to get rid of, let me make sure here. I'll keep that one. I'm looking more at the Japanese teams again. 
Um, you know what? I'll keep Lij because I like Sonata and I like Shingo. Uh, you know what? I'll get rid of. I have a team called the Inner Circle. It is myself, Mr. Banks, and Mr. Rabbit. Uh, we will be coordinating this tournament, but I don't think we need to be actually competing. So in order to just make this easier, we will get rid of that. Now we have 96 teams. So what we will do is this will be turned into three 32-team brackets. Um, each team has three people. Each team will have a certain amount of hit points. Uh, each wrestler will have a certain amount of hit points. I will randomly roll to see which wrestler starts. They'll roll. They'll be able to take hit points off the other person. Um, I'll, there'll be a rolling system to determine when tags are made, if tags are made. When you run out of points, you're out. I will have some GM points I will be allowed to, or beyonder points, I will be allowed to use if I want to keep some people in. Um and we'll have some fun in a bracket-style format. I think that will be good. There is a level of relief, I feel, in that I was able to figure this out. <laughs> um, I was a little concerned that, you know, this this was going to not work, and then I, that would just affect the rest of the episode here. Uh, I'm going to end this segment a little early, uh, partially because... There's some work to do, but also partially because uh, our final segment is going to take so much time um, to get that started that I think we'll need to devote more time to that. So we have a trios tournament. I'm excited. I'm ready. We'll get to that in our next episode. We'll start that process so I can close that window. Segment number three. I had a... An, I probably still have the file somewhere. I had this idea for a show in which I just answered random questions. Um, you've heard the recent episode. I hope you've heard the recent episode of DDT, if Doc ever posts it, uh, in which we talk about the hypotheticals, uh, these questions that I, you know, we bought while we were on vacation. Um, my wife bought them for me because she loves me so much. Um... And uh, just, you know, some, some deep questions to spark conversation. I don't want to go that deep. Uh, but I figured that we can have a segment in which I just answer random questions that I find online. Um, answer them as honestly as I see fit, which will be pretty honestly. I'm a fairly open book with you people. You people. Um, and just have some fun. That's a non-wrestling sort of thing. Maybe it'll lead to some stories that I've probably already told, but who cares? Uh, maybe this segment will stink and I'll change it in a couple of weeks. I don't know. Uh, I looked up random question generator. I found one from the faculty of Washington University. Uh, there's a little rubber duck that's floating up. There's a little moving image of a rubber duck floating up and down on waves that I think is pretty cute. Uh, so let's click for a question and let's see where life takes us. I always like a bit of randomness in my life. What am I a natural at? Well, gee, start off with a big, big boy question. Uh, despite the fact that I am the natural DC Matthews when I create myself in wrestling video games, uh, I was not a natural wrestler. Um, I've talked about this before. Proprioception. 
which is a fancy word that means the ability to know where your body is in space. I My proprioception is weak at best. Um, I rarely know where my body is in space. I walk into things. Now, I will say, um, I've lost about 30 pounds in the last seven to eight months. I am not walking into things nearly as much now as I was 30 pounds ago. But my just my my I don't have great balance. Um, some of that is genetic. There are some genetic things about me that make it uh, so that I don't have great balance. Um, some of it is just you know I I I just don't believe I come from athletic stock, if you will. Um, so I was not a natural wrestler. I was, however, a natural. Um, we can put in words here, coach slash leader slash motivator slash, uh, I don't mean all of those, but by my senior year, I was one of the captains of the wrestling team my senior year. Um, and my nickname was the Reverend, um, because I just, when we were taught, when we did pep talks before a match, I was the one talking when we were, you know, doing motivational stuff at the end of practices or whatever. That was me. Um, one of my favorite experiences from high school wrestling has nothing to do with me on the mat. Um, it's senior year. And I've, I've probably told versions of this story before. So forgive me. Um, if you've never been to an amateur wrestling meet, you're in a big gym or sometimes multiple gyms, depending on the where you are. Um, and there are between four and eight, again, depending on size, wrestling mats set up because a wrestling tournament, a high school wrestling tournament, um, you know, there are multiple weight classes and your team, you're, you're competing as an individual, but you earn points for your team. So in order to keep you, keep things moving, uh, matches happen at different places, like on different mats. And so you have to be listening because they'll have an announcement, you know, over on mat six, Matthews from insert name of school versus Manson from insert name of school. Um, and you head over to that mat. Now, the tricky thing is, depending on how things work, you can have two or three matches from your school happening around the same time. We had one coach, whom I love dearly, um, and then sometimes we would have an assistant coach. Uh, I can't recall if my senior year there was an assistant coach or not. I'm assuming there was, but I honestly can't remember another person. Um, but regardless... Um, there was a moment in which we had more wrestling matches going on than we had coaches. And so, uh, now I'm going to tell this story. All, not to get philosophical, all memory is biased. Um, maybe if you have an eidetic memory, you rem but I even think people with an eidetic memory are remembering things from their point of view. 
I want to say that my coach looked over at me at one point and told me to go with whichever wrestler it was. I can't even remember who it was. And I would play the role of coach. You know, there were chairs off to the side of the mat, on opposite sides of the mat for the coaches to sit um, as you're talking to the player. Did that happen? Probably not. If I'm thinking about it honestly, probably not. I don't remember specifically. Like I can't put, I can, I can imagine him and I can imagine his voice, but I don't know if my coach actually looked at me and said, Reverend, you know, go with Mike, go with Liz, go with whomever. We had a couple of uh, females on our wrestling team. Um, but I went over, I went with them. Like I gave them a pep talk and I was coaching. I'm a heavy, I was not a heavyweight wrestler, but I wrestled in the upper two weight classes. There are moves in the upper two weight classes that uh, smaller wrestlers rarely do. And there are moves in the lower weight classes that upper, you know, I was very bad at single leg and double leg takedowns. Just the effort, I have bad knees. And again, just not, my proprioception is bad. So the idea of you shoot in, you, you know, if you've seen amateur wrestling or you've watched Chad Gable or Dolph Ziggler or any of the wrestlers who have amateur experience, you, you step in and you drop to a knee to get low and you grab a leg or two legs. I was not very good at that, but I coached. I sat with, and you know, I think at one point my coach came over, but he stood behind me and let me stay in the seat again. That's what I think happened. I don't know if that actually happened. Um, that's one of my favorite memories of four years of wrestling. Uh, I have a couple favorite memories of actually wrestling, but that was not the part I liked. I was not a good wrestler. I, I think my coach would have told you that. Um, but in terms of being, you know, and now that I'm an educator, I kind of see how that, you know, would work out that was something that where my skill set lies camp counseling all of that experience but I think just naturally kind of talking to people um you know I won't even say taking charge but like that sort of thing um that would be something that I would say I am natural ish at next question I just, I, when I was trialing this, I got this one already. Boring. Next question. What's your favorite piece of clothing you own? These are not super deep questions. I might have to try some other generators. Um, I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now. That is one of my favorite pieces. I don't usually love pullover sweatshirts. Um, I'm a bigger guy. I have a gut. Thankfully, it is smaller than it was seven or eight months ago, but I have one. Um, pullover sweatshirts, I think, are great if you have a nice stomach and you don't mind it showing. But when you have a bit of a gut, a pullover sweatshirt, I find awkward. Because when I pull the shirt, the pull this over, I want to make sure that the shirts under it stay down. It's a whole process. Um, so I don't normally uh, buy myself pullover sweatshirts. I do zip-ups. I'm a zip-up fanatic. I probably have seven or eight zip-up 
sweatshirts, mostly in, in shades of gray. Um, but we were on Cape Cod. We were on vacation. Uh, we were at a lovely place. Uh, it's a little farm stand. Um, and, you know, the things at the farm stand, you know, the workers, uh, many of them had special needs. And that was sort of the, forgive the wrestling parlance, This that was the gimmick. Um, you know, it was a play. I'll even say the name of it because it doesn't matter. It's called Cape Abilities. Cape is in Cape Cod, Abilities, Capabilities. Wonderful place. Had a great time there. Um, you know, produce, gifts, and they had these sweatshirts. And it's super soft and it fit and it looked good. And I had lost some weight by then, maybe 10 pounds by then, um, but not a ton. But I felt good. I got pulled it on and I felt good in it. And I bought it. I want to say this is a 60 or $70 sweatshirt. Um, depending on where you buy sweatshirts, that might be expensive. It, it was more than I usually pay. I have an in with a clothing brand, so I tend to get stuff fairly cheap. Um, but I love this, and I wear it way more now because it's easier to take on and take off. Uh, if I, But that's probably not my favorite. I have a Chicago White Sox baseball shirt that Brandon Banks has seen um, that is just, it's one of those t-shirts you put on. It's a dark gray, so I like that, and... It just feels good. I think it looks good. You know, at this point, the collar is, you know, ripping. Like, it's probably 10, 11 years old at this point. I keep wearing it. That's my favorite piece of clothing that I own. All right. Some of these questions are are lame. Um, I'm going to find a different generator because generate random questions to ask. Randomwordgenerator.com slash question. Uh, what was weird about that just now was that the question, the first question that popped up was what was the best compliment you ever received on the last website, the one with the rubber duck, the last question was what was the best compliment you ever received? What was the best compliment? So I should probably answer that one. What was the best compliment I've ever received? Um, There is one that comes to mind, again, based on previous conversation, what we were talking about a little bit ago. Uh, I don't think this is the actual answer. I don't think this is the best compliment that I've ever received. Um, but this is what I'm going to say. Um, it is my college graduation. We are having a college, my parents throw me a college graduation party. Uh, it is held at the same, the summer camp I grew up at, which is also where we got married. Um, this is where Doc and GQ and our friend Brian uh, put their money together and bought me an autographed Bret Hart sort of plaque thing that I still need to hang up. It's I know exactly where it is, and I love it, but I just haven't hung it up because now that I'm in a more public part of our apartment, my wife's not wild about having a picture of a wrestler up. Um, even one as dapper as the hitman. Um, and so, and my in-laws are there. Now, this would be 2006. My wife and I started dating in 2005. We had been friends for a while. So I had met her parents 
probably two or three times by then. Um, I think our parents, collectively mine and hers, had met being an only child. My parents were insistent that they would be friendly, at least with the in-laws. Turns out they get along splendidly, uh, which is incredibly lucky for me. Um, but we're at this thing. My in-laws are there. And at one point, we need to, like, I don't know if the food was ready or whatever. So I just jump up on a picnic table. And I'm standing on this picnic table and I get everybody's attention and I do this little, it wasn't even a speech, but I just sort of explained what was happening. And I come down and my wife or my future wife is laughing. And I said, what is so funny? And she says, my mom looked over at me like she saw you just jump onto a table and, and you know, do this proclamation or whatever it was. And she looked at me and said... Well, we don't have to worry about his confidence, do we? I don't think she meant it insulting. My my wife's family is very quiet, very uh, somewhat introverted, and they're not. They're by quiet. I actually mean not loud. They are not loud people. Um. And here I am, running up onto a picnic table, and you know, taking charge, air quotes, of, I don't know how many people were there, 75, 80? I, I honestly don't know. Might have been less, probably, around that ballpark around there. Um, and I just did it naturally. My wife would never do that. I can't imagine her parents ever doing that. Her brother might do that. Her brother has a bit of the, uh, hey, look at me disease, which is a disease that both Doc and I suffer from, which is why we have a podcast. Um, I don't think she meant it badly. I think it was just, she was, that was not something she expected. And as she has said in, you know, I am the bonus son, I am called, which I, I do appreciate that nickname. Um, she appreciates the fact that I have brought a little bit of life and loudness to what is an otherwise quiet family. Love my in-laws. All right, um, how are we doing on time here? I'll give myself one more question. One more question, then we'll get to the fun stuff that Brandon Banks has been waiting for. What's the one thing that I seem to constantly lose? I used to have this problem a lot. Um, and I remember getting crap for it from my dad. And, you know, so losing things really bothers me. Like, I get much more upset about losing something um, than I probably should. Um, when I, I'm, I'm 95% sure I had a magnetic keychain, um, the two parts held together by a magnet. Uh, the idea was if I got, when I had my keys in the car, I could pull up to our mailbox, take out our mail key, pop the magnet, take the mail key half go get the mail, and I didn't have to shut off my car. Um, and I thought that was so clever. Well, I'm pretty sure that I had that half of the keys in my hand, and I was I went to go get rid of the junk mail, because sometimes I stop at the dumpster because there's no point in bringing the junk mail into the house when you're then going to throw it away. And I think I threw my keys away with the junk mail. Um, not good. Didn't, didn't handle that particularly well. Uh, I've gotten better. 
both in terms of not losing things and also dealing with it when I lose things. Um, the one thing that I seem to constantly misplace are Bluetooth headphones. I have probably, there are probably five pairs in this house that are mostly mine. And I could tell you right now where maybe two of them are. And I have no idea where the other three are. So I lose headphones quite a bit. All right. That was fun. Um, it's time to make Brandon Banks very, very happy. And if you are a longtime listener of the DDT experience, you know something about what's about to happen. It's not the list. The list is something that is done by Doc Manson and myself. And I would not dare to do the list alone. That would be insulting. But instead, this is my list. Now, there are some titles, you know, that's a working title. There are some other titles that could go here. Uh, because what I had originally thought that I would do, because I was oh so clever, is I think I'm going to start watching Ring of Honor from the beginning. I think I'm going to sign up for Honor Club pretty soon. And I thought to myself, self, let's watch Ring of Honor and then let's take those, as I'm watching, I'll take the wrestlers that I see and I'll put them on a list. Because then not only is, is that fun, because it's a list and people like lists, especially me, uh, but also as I'm watching, people will move on the list because what I'm going to try to do with, with the Ring of Honor section, now you know there's multiple sections, is I'm going to try to keep the Ring of Honor talents on there and move them as I see them grow. So let's talk about the painful part of this first. Let's get the painful part out of the way. Um, the f one of the first matches in the very first Ring of Honor, which I am currently watching on DVD. I own the DVD. Um, and so I popped that in this morning. But Jay Briscoe is in one of the first matches. And Jay Briscoe in February of 2002, when the first Ring of Honor... Uh, show takes place, the era of honor begins, is not going to rank as highly on this list as Jay Briscoe, 13 or 15 time tag champion, multi-time ring of honor champion will rank. And it'll be fun to watch his growth along with all the other ring of honor uh, regulars. So some of the names I'm going to rank are the ring of honor folk. Um, I, you know, I will take into consideration some of the outside stuff for some wrestlers. It'll be a case-by-case -case basis. Um, but I'm going to do that, and I'm looking forward to it. But Brandon Banks, because he's always got an idea or two to add to make things both better and more difficult, he said, well, aren't you going to miss the randomness? The randomness of the list, which is the names that pop up. And he's right. But the idea, because I was going to go through, I had this idea at one point, I'll go through all the pay-per-views, which I've done a hundred times, and I'll make a list of the wrestlers that I would want to rank. But I can't make another one of those lists. And I don't want to use the list that we use, the master list, 
because A, it's not fully updated, because that was from a couple years ago, and B, there's a lot of names. I don't know who those people are. So here's what I'm going to do. I've made my decision. This is what I'm going to do. I've made my decision until I change my mind later. I found a list of all of the content of wrestling on Peacock. I found that in a Google sheet. I'm going to randomize that. And then I'll look up that particular card and I'll rank the names that appear on that card. So there is an element of randomness to it, but it's not going to take uh, a very long time in the prep because I wanted to get this started. If somebody, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, if somebody wants to go through and make a master list in a Google Sheet of wrestlers who appeared on pay-per-views or what have you, um, you should feel free to do that. But I'm not gonna. So, uh, I'm gonna start with, I realize that if I'm trying to keep myself to 15 minutes, and I'm actually gonna go till the hour, I'll give myself 15 minutes starting in five, four, three two, one, 45 minutes on the dot. I probably don't need to watch the whole Ring of Honor show because there's already a bunch of wrestlers. So, here we go. Ring of Honor show begins, uh, and I'm not going to walk you through match by match. I don't have to take notes on the matches, which I appreciate. Um, but the thing you have to know about the first Ring of Honor show is that the commentary from Steve Carino and whoever the other guy is is some of the worst commentary I've ever heard in 30 years of watching professional wrestling. It sucks. So I'm watching it muted most of the time. Uh, the first match, which even wasn't even a match, and I hate that this is the first thing they do with Ring of Honor, uh, the Christopher Street connection comes out. Um, the Christopher Street connection is a flamboyant tag team. This is 2002. Uh, none of it ages well. The commentary is, it, it sucks. It doesn't age well at all. But we have the, the Christopher Street connection. We have Allison Danger, who actually, I was like, oh, I looked her up and her last name was Carino. And I was like, oh, she's Steve Carino's wife. Wrong. She's Steve Carino's sister. Didn't know that. Um, but the Christopher Street connection managed by Allison Danger versus the Hit Squad. Uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. The Hit Squad it will be ranked uh, at the top. Uh, you know, this was a this wasn't a match so much as a squash, but the moves were good. Great lariat, great burning hammer. Um, I'll put Allison Danger in the middle because she willingly went through a table, and then I'll put the Christopher Street connection at the bottom. Uh, if I get to a point where I need to distinguish between um, the members of these two groups. I will. For now, I don't. Uh, so that was the first thing. And now let's go. Uh, the first randomized match or show from this Peacock thing I saw uh, is an NXT show from 2010. And so we are not only in the reality show version of NXT, it's the Nexus. These are Nexus people here. And I think that's fun to start off by ranking some of these Nexus members. I'm not going to include um, managers. I'll just include the wrestlers who competed. So first up, Justin Gabriel. 
the dare wolf. Um, he now looks more like Tyler Bate than Tyler Bate does sometimes. Um, Justin Gabriel, great athlete, no denying the athlete. You know, the metrics that I'm going to use are whatever I feel like. It's my list. So I'm allowed to use whatever metrics I like. Um, and they'll probably evolve as we go. Uh, Justin Gabriel's good. He's a fine wrestler. Um, he is a black hole of charisma, as far as I can tell. Um, I will put him above the hit squad just because the hit squad didn't really wrestle. Do I agree? Actually, you know what? I don't think I agree with that. I think I enjoyed the hit squad in their squash more than I've enjoyed any Justin Gabriel I've ever seen. Let's let's get the mea culpa out of the way. This took place during part of my lost years, so some of these names I don't really know. And I do reserve the right to to break out a Doc Manson classic. I don't know who that is, and not rank somebody. I do have that right. Uh, but Justin Gabriel will put him above Allison Danger, but below to hit squad. He wrestled David Atunga. Um, I don't recall David Atunga ever going through a table. Uh, I'm putting him below Allison Danger. So he is now fourth on the list, just above the Christopher Street connection. Let's go back to Ring of Honor. We get Jay Briscoe. Again, it's bittersweet to watch young, probably 18, 19-year-old Jay Briscoe in a wrestling singlet like you know, he looks like any, you know, sort of generic wrestler, bald. Mark Briscoe's with him. Mark's got a buzz cut. I think Mark's got all his teeth. Um, and Jay Briscoe takes on The Amazing Red. Uh, now, The Amazing Red I have seen in TNA. Um, but again, I'll try, I'll try to keep it mostly, you know, again, I'm not talking about the match. The match was fine. A little awkward because... This is Ring of Honor very early on, so this is an indie show. My wife saw me watching part of it, and she was like, are you watching amateur wrestling? <laughs> um, Jay Briscoe, I know, will wind up. He should be at the top of this list because it's Jay Briscoe. Um, but I'm going to put him second. All Both of these wrestlers are ahead of everybody else we've talked about. Amazing Red's going to go first, and then Jay Briscoe. Uh, part of that is because his moves were a little crisper. Um, the spin kicks and everything were good. Um, I also think he won this match, not that that matters. Uh, but also, he's going to show up in a later match that we should have time to get to. Um, so he double he works twice this, this show. Back to NXT. Darren Young, Michael Tarver... Skip Sheffield. Uh, well, Michael Tarver is going to get the very first. I don't know who that is, and we'll put him off to the side. I can picture him. He had the weird, like, mask thing or, like, the bandana around his face. I don't know. But I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. And Skip Sheffield is Ryback, so he can go right down there to the bottom under the Christopher Street connection. Skip Sheffield, and we'll just call him Ryback. Ryback is the worst. The worst. On my list. Darren Young. I like Darren Young. I appreciate that he's doing well now. Over in New Japan Strong, I believe. 
Um, but I also can't think of a primetime players match that I saw and went, oh yeah, Darren Young's a star. I'm going to put him fourth. I'm going to put him above Justin Gabriel, um, but below to hit squad. Uh, I think Darren Young has more personality, and we're going to get to, if we get to it, uh, in our um, Ring of Honor rankings, we'll see how far we get. I am going to try to cut myself off around an hour. Uh, Charisma Matters. Speaking of Ring of Honor, next two, Scoot Andrews, a wrestler named Scoot, uh, versus Xavier. If you look at these two men, um, one of them is uh, Pacific Islander looking, I think, for Xavier. I could be wrong, and I apologize. It's 2002 video, so it's not the greatest graphics. I haven't had any water. I gotta have your water. Uh, Xavier looks like a wrestler. He's muscled. He's defined. He looks like a wrestler. Scoot Andrews looks like he's going to fix your computer. He's balding a bit. He goes by the nickname of the Black Nature Boy, which makes me laugh every time. He's not a bad-looking guy. He's he's. He's musculish, um, but with the with the balding, it, he doesn't look like a wrestler. He does certainly does not look like a nature boy. Uh, having said that, he is a better wrestler than Xavier in terms of offense. I sometimes forget that wrestling is a dance. Your move is only as good as your opponent lets it makes it look. So if I go for a body slam, there are wrestlers that will make my body slam look like a million dollars, and then there's Charlie Norris who will deadweight you and make your body slam look terrible. Um, Scoot Andrews' moves looked very good, which is a testament to him and also a testament to Xavier. Xavier's offense did not look great. Um... I don't put a lot of the blame on Scoot Andrews because there were a lot. There was one good forearm shot. There were maybe some clotheslines, an elbow drop, and then Xavier won with a neck breaker. There wasn't a lot of excitement coming out of Xavier. I like Scoot Andrews better. I would actually put Scoot Andrews third on my list so far. He's above the hit squad. Below Amazing Red and Jay Briscoe, uh, but above the hit squad and everybody else. Scoot Andrews is good. I will put Xavier under... Uh, oops, what did I do? Oh, I deleted something. Oops. Under Justin Gabriel. Ahead of Allison Danger. Again, all she did was get put through a table. But behind Justin Gabriel. I have watched Justin Gabriel, a.k.a. PJ Black, wrestle, and he is... He's good. Like, I can accept that he's a good wrestler. He's athletic. He, he moves well. All right. The last match of this NXT, there's only three. Uh, we've got uh, two wrestlers here. Uh, we've got Heath Slater, and we've got Chris Jericho. Now, obviously, I'm not going to be a crazy person. Obviously, Chris Jericho is going to make the list, and obviously... In this group for now, he is going to be at the top of the list. Chris Jericho is an all-time great wrestler. We also know that I don't much care for Chris Jericho. 
Um, his stuff with Ralphus, the heel stuff was great. Just about everything else. I didn't like his stuff with Regal. Um, you know, I haven't seen some of his comeback stuff. Maybe that will be good, but not wild about Chris Jericho for a variety of reasons, but I'm not going to lie. He obviously deserves to be high on this list. Uh, he loses to Heath Slater in this match. Not that that should matter, but it, it does. Um, he loses to Heath Slater. And uh, how do I feel about Heath? Is Heath Slater... Yeah, okay, well, let's talk about it. Charisma. Heath Slater has charisma for days. He's, he's a captivating person. You want to watch him talk. You wanted to watch him get beat up by all those legends. Do you want to watch him wrestle? I don't. But I like seeing him on screen. That should matter. In fact, that will matter enough for me to put him technically, if I'm being honest with myself, I am putting Heath Slater at third, which is above Jay Briscoe, with the understanding that Jay Briscoe will go much higher than Heath when all is said and done. But for that first show, Jay Briscoe was fine. That's all I can say. Uh, Heath Slater is entertaining. I enjoy Heath Slater. Uh, I just don't need to see him wrestle. All right. Uh, I've watched two more matches from um, the Ring of Honor show, and then I stopped to come in here and record this. So the first one is like a six-man tag. So I'm going to try to get that done at least, and I might have to end it there because I do want to keep this at around an hour. Uh, Amazing Red comes back in. We've already ranked him. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, the other competitors, you've got the SAT, the Spanish announced team, the Maximos, uh, Jose and Joel, Joe, Jose and Joel, the Maximos. Um, I've never been an SAT guy. Uh, this match itself just made me realize that this is where the Young Bucks got their idea, so I hated it. It was just a, it was a dance. It wasn't a match. It was a dance. Um I enjoy the Hit Squad more than I enjoyed the SAT, so I will put the SAT at 8th uh, above Justin Gabriel, but under Darren Young. We'll break up that little Nexus duo there. Uh, you've got uh, Brian XL, who looks like... You know how there's Tiger Mask and Black Tiger, and they've had a long-time feud? Brian XL is like the opposite. He's the bizarro Amazing Red. Both have do-rags, both wearing similar baggy clothes, just one's red and black, one's black and white. Um, Brian XL, the athletics were there, but he was trying. He did, there, was, there were some misses. So I am going to put him above David Otunga, but not above Allison Danger. Allison Danger took that table. You know, she didn't have to, but she did. Uh, and then we have Chris Devine and Quiet Storm. And I'm going to... They're technically a team, Divine Storm, but I'm going to split them up. Chris Devine is fine. Chris Devine is fine. He's a perfectly serviceable wrestler. I'd put him ahead of Xavier, but below Justin Gabriel, so he will be 10th. Quiet Storm. I love Quiet Storm. Quiet Storm gives me Lance Storm vibes, obviously. Gives me Dean Malenko vibes, and you know how I feel about that. He's small. He doesn't emote a ton, but he's good. Like, the skills are there. So much so that I'm going to put him, again, for now, at fourth above Jay Briscoe. 
I know that will change, but I like Quiet Storm. Every time I see Quiet Storm, I've seen him in here. I've seen him a couple other times. I think I've seen him in TNA. Uh, I find him enjoyable. I like Quiet Storm. All right. Yeah, let's push on. Let's 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 break the hour barrier. We won't go that long. I have one more match. Uh, it's a tag team match from the Texas Wrestling Academy. All that that six man match was like a Mikey Whipwreck school match. This is Texas Wrestling Academy, which is run by Shawn Michaels, though I don't think they ever said Shawn Michaels' name. But then again, I wasn't listening to the commentary because it sucked. Michael Shane and Oz versus Spanky and Aikaikaloa. Aikaikaloa is an incredibly generic wrestler. Another, like, you know, Pacific Islander um just generic he was just there it was like they pulled him out of a we need a jobber for a video game uh he's gonna go next to last he's better than ryback of course but the christopher street connection at least you know gave me something ikai kaloa if that's how you pronounce his name was just there and then we have oz now it's funny Shawn, michael shane for those who don't know is Shawn michael's cousin um, Michael Shane, Shawn Michaels, Michael Shane, trained by the Heartbreak Kid. Uh, we'll talk about Michael Shane, but the fact that he teamed with someone named Oz, Oz, gimmick previously held by Kevin Nash, two dudes with attitude, Michael Shane and Oz. Um, Oz looks like a bargain basement Samoa Joe. You know, buzz cut, pants, white and black, like dual colored singlet, Singlet. which again gives you kind of Samoa Joe vibes. Um, this match is mostly Spanky and Michael Shane. Oz eventually gets a hot tag, and for the life of me, I have no idea why. He really wanted to do a bicycle kick. He was really proud of his bicycle kick. He tried it, like, three times. It connected half of one of them. Um, but he's better than Ikai Kaloa. Um, I'll put him... Maybe I'll put him above the Christopher Street connection, because David Otunga you know, from what I remember, could wrestle a bit. So I'll give him that. So Oz is going to come in 16th. So now we have Spanky and Michael Shane. Michael Shane, Shawn Michaels' cousin, is a good wrestler. Uh, this pay-per-view, up until this point, is full of a lot of young talent. Jay Briscoe, young. Amazing Red, young. Uh, Scoot Andrews, probably in his 40s. That's a joke. But younger. Michael Shane is probably the best wrestler wrestler um, in terms of the moves are crisp and good. He's got definite. He's got, he's got his cousin Shawn Michaels' elbow drop down to a T. Um, it's good. You watch him and you go, okay. Because a lot of this you can tell you're watching um, independent wrestling. Michael Shane, you get the first glimpses of, okay, this guy is kind of a pro wrestler. Except, and this is the flaw that I think Michael Shane has had throughout his TNA career, there is no charisma whatsoever. Shawn Michaels, great wrestler, but great personality. 
like when he's in the ring, even when he was a rocker, when he's in the ring and working, you are feeling it, you're emotionally invested. Michael Shane, the moves were crisp, the moves were good, and I didn't care one bit. Then you've got Spanky, otherwise known as Brian Kendrick. Not as crisp, not as good. Um, and yet Brian Kendrick goes on to have a 20-year career. That includes backstage work. You know, he was a, a core part of the Cruiserweight revival. He was tag team champions with Paul London for God knows how long. Um, why? Charisma. You want to watch Brian Kendrick. Uh, you don't necessarily want to watch Michael Shane. So, you know, and the the dancing with the, the, the baggy, like weird, like parachute pants almost, you know, I didn't love that. And his I, Michael Shane was a better wrestler than Spanky all day. Spanky hit sliced bread, which was good. But other than that, can't think of some offense. He probably hit a drop kick. Um, so how do I want to rank them? Um, I think I've got to rank Spanky based on this performance. Although, again, I'm not sure how much he does in Ring of Honor. So maybe we need to count Brian Kendrick as Brian Kendrick. And if we're doing that, Brian Kendrick's number two on this list because he's better than the Amazing Red, uh, personality-wise. And again, it's my list. I'm obviously going to be leaning in some areas much more on the wrestling. And if Amazing Red was a better technical wrestler, I'd probably rank him above Spanky. But he's a high flyer, and he's good. Don't get me wrong. Amazing Red will drop your jaw. If you've never seen Amazing Red, you're missing out. Um, but I like Brian Kendrick more. Michael Shane, I think at this point, again, he is the be he is a better wrestler. He, his moves looked better than um, everybody's so far in this show. Maybe he and Scoot Andrews. Scoot Andrews would probably be number two. Um, but I'm going to put Michael Shane, I'll put Michael Shane above Scoot Andrews, but he's going to be seventh. So that puts Jericho, obviously Jericho's number one. It's just the way this is going to work. Jericho's number one. Uh, then we've got Spanky, Amazing Red, Heath Slater, Quiet Storm, Jay Briscoe, Michael Shane. So we have ranked 21 wrestlers, um, or 20 wrestlers and then the piece of trash known as Ryback. We threw him in there too. Um, that was fun. The temptation, trust me when I tell you that the temptation is to just do the list and just let that be the next thing. But I want to do some brackets. I want to do some just chatting. I do enjoy just sort of talking. Um, so we're going to try to, con we'll try to put it all in. And then that way, you know, the list is, that was 20 wrestlers. The next time we do it, I don't know if we'll do 20. Um, I'll finish The Era of Honor Begins. I'm about to watch Super Crazy versus Eddie Guerrero, I think. And then that might be time for the main event. So there might only be another five wrestlers or so. Um, and then we'll see where... Should we be random now? Let's be random now. Let's be random now. I'm not real. I 
just realizing that this includes like all the reality show stuff. Uh, we are going to rank in our next episode. Not only will we continue with Ring of Honor, uh, but we are going to do from 2015, December of 2015, uh, we are going to do an episode of Superstars. So who the heck knows who we're going to see on a December 15 or 2015 Superstars. I hope it's Damien Sandow. Uh, this was fun. And if it was fun for me, I got to believe it was fun for you. So thanks for listening. We got within an hour 10. So we're in, we're in the ballpark. Um, we'll try to, we'll try to keep, keep it a little, uh, shorter in the future. Uh, my name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Have yourselves a hell of a week. I'll see you the next time we celebrate the joy of booking. <laughs>